0: So, my name is Sarah. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Um, We're going to start off with prayer so that we can figure out what's going to happen tonight, okay? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Let me spit out my gum because this is just inappropriate. Sorry, guys. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for your grace, Lord. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Jesus, your word says that where two or more are gathered in your name, you are there even in the midst of them, so we know you're here. Even if we didn't feel you, we know you're here. We can rest assured. But thank you, God, that you allowed so many of us to have an experience with you tonight, God. Thank you for staying Thank you for bringing us revelation, Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking whatever it is you want to speak. We give you full permission and full authority. This is is your church, Lord. We are yours. So have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So, (laughs) oh, this is going to be fun. It always is, right, guys? Hopefully I don't say anything inappropriate. (laughs) Pastor Bob will be mad at me. He's never been mad at me, I think. If he does, I wouldn't know. So, honestly, worship was so good, right? I don't know if you guys have um, been experiencing God in the same way I have when I come here and worship with you guys. I mean, we have our time at home, right? And I worship at home and we're always in the car, obviously, who can drive without jamming in the car? But, and it's so beautiful and powerful when you're alone at home, but like being here together, it's just like, it's different. There's something different that happens and there's this holiness that has been just building and building and building and the weightiness of God has just been building i don't know what is like i just am like expecting something to break or explode or light on fire i mean i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but i i sometimes it's so overwhelming and i tell the lord i'm like okay um my i feel like my skin's gonna start on fire and he's like press in that's when you need to press in. So I'm going to share that little tip with you. When you feel overwhelmed by the Lord, when you're in prayer, when you're in worship and you feel his tangible, manifest presence, press into it. When it feels like maybe your skin's going to break or I don't know, something crazy is going to happen cuz you're just so overwhelmed, you're maybe you're crying cuz you're like me and I just can't be with him without crying apparently. And you feel like you're just going to cry your whole body out, just press in. Just see what happens. If you die, you'll go to heaven, right? So, I mean, if we die, we die, I guess. I haven't died yet, so. I mean, just to myself, so every day, right? So, this this experience here is profound. And it's not as common as it should be. We get... I don't think I'm even going to preach that. We get so comfortable living in this atmosphere, in this place where the presence of God comes. He comes faithfully because the leadership of this church faithfully is dedicated to him. They they choose to stay on the altar of first love. They choose to not compromise for anything. They choose to not try to be popular or be um, cool in the world's eyes. They choose to instead honor the Lord and please him in all that they do. So we get to reap the benefit of that by experiencing his manifest presence, just like we I mean, I don't know how you guys experienced it. I was like snotting. I think I used 12 Kleenex. Like, and I I haven't had a bad day. (laughs) This is like a good mess. This is how, this is me encountering the living God. And this is so beautiful. And it should not be taken lightly. It should not become common. There are. We have visited churches when we've been out of town and things like that. We've gone to visit family and they're wonderful churches and they really, really are. And I know the leadership loves God. They really are beautiful, wonderful churches and the people are amazing. But there is something different here. There are churches all over probably the world. I know that there's um, some churches that my husband and I have visited that are, I mean, Bethel. I'll just say the word Bethel. Okay, Austin came from there. My husband's a student there. Our daughter's a student sort of out there. I mean, we're affiliated with Bethel. We love Bethel, we support Bethel. They're great, they love the Lord, right? So we've gone out there and it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. We've experienced the Lord really powerfully and he, and he shows up faithfully and, and we left, we leave those church services when we've gone out there to visit and we're like, wow, that was, that was incredible. Like, what did God do to you? What did he do to you? But then we're like, okay, we can go home. We don't feel like we have to sell everything we own and move out there because we have that here because it's not any different. People go from all over the world. There was people there. There was like this group of like 20 people from India that arrived the day we got there the first time we went. I don't even think they spoke English. They showed up because they wanted to encounter the living God and we get to do it every weekend (laughs) in Rice Lake. We don't even have to go from India. (laughs) This is beautiful and profound and holy. If God is holy, then everything he does is holy and everything he does should be regarded as holy. So when, oh my gosh, thank you, God. I'm sorry, Lord. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what's gonna happen? We don't know, okay. When, <laughs> when you have something, when, when you want God to help you get a car and you ask somebody to pray for you for a car, and God helps you get a car, that's holy. When you have a headache and you ask someone to pray for you and they pray for you and your headache goes away, that's holy. That is a holy moment. When you are in a group of people and you get a word of knowledge for somebody that is holy. When, when somebody gives you a prophetic word, that's incredible and encouraging. It speaks into your life. That's holy. It's holy and it should be regarded as holy. It should never be treated as common. It should never be taken for granted. And sometimes in this flock that we live in, because we have a great body here, hashtag flock life, we become so familiar because we're used to living in the fold. We're used to signs, wonders, and miracles. We're used to, you know, uh, we had a birthday party this weekend and somebody one of the little girls is for my daughter's friends. One of my little one of the little girls fell and hurt herself and and our reaction was to pray for her, was to lay hands on her. I mean I did get her ice. But I reassured her as, as we gathered around her and prayed for her when she's sitting on my couch, that she, she's not gonna need the ice for very long. Because God's going to heal her. And the pain's going to have to go at the name of Jesus. And guess what? She's fine. Nothing. She put a band-aid on it. Because you know kids. They have a scratch and they need a band-aid. But whatever. It's psychological, I think. I don't know. But that was holy. That was a holy moment in my camper. That was beautiful. That should be regarded as holy. I've been in groups of people where... Um, <laughs> Where the spirit is just moving and people are giving you know they're they're hearing something from the Lord for you and this one's hearing it for me and it's just like the Lord is just moving and speaking and it's like somebody has a word and I it blows my mind I'm like wow and and okay here's what's crazy. Amy has a word of knowledge for Bobby. She's like, um, it, the Lord said that you ate tacos earlier today, and um, he wants you to know that you're going to eat a lot of tacos in your life, so it's going to be really good. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I did. I ate tacos. Right? Like, this is a really mild example, but but it was right. That should blow your mind. That's holy. Right? So so I've been in places where that's happened. Somebody's had a word of knowledge, and it was correct, And I'm like, wow, that was incredible. And the person was like, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, It's God, so duh. And it's like, but I get, okay, this was a conversation me and my husband had. We do expect the Lord to show up. We expect him to show up because he says that he will, right? And he's faithful to his word. But it should never stop blowing our socks off when he does. It should never stop blowing your mind that the God of the universe wants to come to Rice Lake, Wisconsin and show up for a kid who wants a car or a headache or a stubbed toe or a little girl who fell. He came to Bloomer, Wisconsin guys, like the outskirts of Bloomer to a campground to heal this little girl, he showed up because he's wonderful why shouldn't that blow our minds that's fascinating we we get really um we get really excited and and mind blown when these crazy things happen right we had i remember um in 2020 right before covid shut the world down and we had a little girl who came in in crutches and she had just broken her knee and um it was just like it was tonight holy right We're in worship. It's a holy moment. Pastor Shar goes to this little girl and lays hands on her and is praying for her knee. And I don't know what's happening because I'm up here on my face crying. But next thing I know, I'm hearing like all this commotion. This little girl threw her crutches down and was running circles in this room. She was totally healed. She had a broken kneecap from a ski accident. She was like skiing the next day or something. She was totally healed. That Blows my mind. I mean, of course, we expect he's going to show up. He says that he will, right? Just like Mike read, you know, greater things. We're going to see greater things. But Lord, help us to stay in awe and wonder. Help us to not lose our awe. Help us to not lose our wonder. Because if you ever come to a place where you feel like, well, of course, I'm going to go and pray for that person and something wonderful is going to happen because. I'm pretty great. Then I pray you check your heart. I pray that you get with the Lord on that because it's not about you. It is important that you submit your life to him, but it's really not about you. God will use everyone and anyone. He is no respecter of persons and it's not your power that's doing any of it. It's him. So that was a whole side note. (laughs) It kind of relates, I think. I don't know what we're going to do, guys. Yeah. Some of that was in here, yeah. Here's the deal. God is holy, and he must be regarded as holy. Hebrews 12 tells us that we need to pursue holiness because without it, we will not see the Lord. And that is a really scary word sometimes, like holy. I don't know what you think about when you think about when you hear the word. I know for me that was a really scary word for me for a long time, uh, especially the lifestyle that I came out of was like holiness is untouchable. It's it's something I'll never attain. It's something I could never. I'm a mess at best. Like <laughs> I'm the worst at best. You know. But. Don't you know that God loves to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? That's why I'm even standing up here, guys. It just blo- it blows my mind. It's probably shocking some of you who have, well, none of you knew me before, Jesus, thank God, except for my mom. She's probably blown away. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. We need to not discount anything that the Lord does, and we can't ever consider him common. We're used to it. When we read through scripture, I was reading um, in scripture about a month ago. I always read a psalm and a proverb every day on top of what I'm reading, just because I really need wisdom, (laughs) right? Like I really need it so bad. You guys do too. I'm just going to be honest with you. So get in there. Get in the Proverbs. I'm telling you there's good stuff. But there's only 31 chapters. So when you read a chapter every day, you're like, you go around and around and around. Okay? Because there's a lot of days. So I'm going around and around and around, and I get to Proverbs 3, and... I'm, and I read it and it Proverbs 3 verse 5 is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Right. Everybody knows it. Unbelievers know it. It's probably hanging on your wall at home. You probably have a T-shirt and a coffee cup that says it. Shout out to Abby. I know you got that coffee cup. And there's nothing wrong with your coffee cup. It's a great cup. It's a good reminder. But when I read it, I just kind of skimmed over and I kept going. And the Lord was like, whoa, whoa. go back again. Read that, read that again. And he said to me, why have you become so familiar with my word? And I was like, oh no, oh no. Because I definitely did. I thought I knew that. I was like, oh, I know this one. No big deal. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. Everybody knows that. Like, it's one of the two Bible verses everyone can recite, right? And, but I was convicted because I skimmed over it. So the Lord had me study it. (laughs) I wrote it out. uh, He broke it down for me. And then I researched the original Hebrew and really dug in because I wanted to know what I was missing, and I was missing a lot. I'm telling you guys, unless you've really done this, you don't know what that verse means. I'm sorry. You probably do. (laughs) Maybe you do. You guys are really smart. I'm catching up. But basically... Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And you know what? Do you have that, Colty? Boom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That word trust means to find refuge in, to have, to be sure of. No doubts. No second guessing. There's not even a sliver of, of any insecurity in that. You know that you know that you know this is real. This is true. You find refuge in the Lord. With all your heart, which means your entire, all, your all means all, right? All of it. Your heart means your whole self, your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, your experiences, your opinions, your desires, your dreams, everything. All of that is encompassed in your heart. So we trust in the Lord. We find refuge in the Lord with all of our whole self, Right? And lean not, so that word lean means to like rely on yourself. So don't rely on yourself and on your own understanding. Can we keep going? So that word understanding means like your own wisdom or skill or experience or opinion. Okay? So when you come to something in life and you're like, well, I've I've seen this before. I know what's going to happen. I'm trusting on what I know. I'm trusting on my experience instead of being like, Lord, what are you doing? What's going on here? What are we going to do here? What's this? This feels new, even though I've done this before. It feels like I've done this before, right? So in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Not everybody knows this one. This is a fun one. So that word acknowledge... Uh, really blew my mind because it actually means um, to... It, it, it actually indicates an experience. And it's an experiential word that means that you have experienced God. So... It's from your private time with Him. It's from when He has shown up for you and given you mercy when you absolutely didn't deserve it. It's when He showed up for you and answered questions that nobody else could answer. It's when He showed up for you and sat with you while you cried because your boyfriend broke up with you. And, you know, whatever. When He showed up, when He put a check in the mail and you were like, rent's tomorrow. I don't know how this is going to happen. It's, it's your experience of God, how you know Him. So when we acknowledge him, we're actually remembering him. We're remembering him as we know him. And in order to know him, the Bible says you, you would need to fear him. Don't get scared at that word. Fear him, right? You need to serve him and you need to trust him. That is how you know him. If you do not fear the Lord, if you do not serve the Lord, and if you do not trust the Lord, then you do not know the Lord. So, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And what that actually means is that he is going to, he's going to shift you and move you and steer you and guide you. And that word actually, I think it's the direct part, the direct word. I know it's timed out. I think it's the direct word. The original Hebrew actually it indicates pleasing, prosperous. It indicates moral uprightness. So actually, if we trust him instead of ourselves, he not, and then of course we remember, He. oh yeah, he's faithful. Oh yeah, he's so smart and he knows all the things. He's so good. He's been so good to me. So I know he's not going to let me down. I know he's not going to leave me out in the cold. I know he's going to have my back. So, okay, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to remember these and I'm going to step in with him and lean on him and find refuge in him. And he is going to steer me to where I will be righteous. He'll steer me onto the right path. It means to make straight, to make right. And it'll be pleasing and prosperous because he's not going to steer you into poverty. That would be not who he is. And if you think that, it's because you don't know him. So... (laughs) Let's keep going. Let's do, yeah. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Let that sink in. Do not be wise in your own eyes. I think we all have a little bit of a problem with that sometimes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't trust what you think you know. Don't trust, don't think too highly of yourself. Jesus said, that, he, that we should yoke up with him because he is meek and lowly of heart. Our prayer should be, Lord, make me meek and lowly of heart. Because humility is key. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you're smarter. Don't think that you know better. Don't think that you can determine and you already know and you are unteachable because you got this. Fear the Lord. Which means to honor give him the honor he's due. Respect him. Give him the respect that he is due. Realize that he is the God of all the universe. Okay? Realize that he is love. And we love that. That's what I grew up learning. Greasy Grace. I learned, I grew up learning, God is love. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Because he loves you. You can do literally anything, Sarah. And he just loves you. He covers you because he because he's so good and just loves you. He does love me. That's good. But what I was never taught was that he is just. He is a just judge. And I cannot spit on his grace, spit on the cross, which I was doing. Because I didn't know. Now I know. So now I'm held accountable. And you are too. Because I just told you. (laughs) And depart from evil. That word depart actually means to adamantly oppose or to abstain from, but if you're fearing the Lord, you don't have to even have to try to depart from evil. Because if you're fearing the Lord, to fear the Lord actually means to draw near to him. It means that you are, John Bevere says, to fear the Lord means to draw so near to God that you don't even see the line of compromise anymore. The line of compromise is so far away. But so many of us get stuck on this, So many of us have such a hard time trusting God, relying on God, leaning on God and what he knows versus what we think we know. I was a single mom at one point in my life, and I was raised by a single mom. And I was raised in like, you know, the 90s, early 2000s, where we had Destiny's Child and all that independent women. Like it was the whole thing. Like we don't need no man. We don't need nobody. Like we got this. Single moms, they get it. So, not you, Debbie. You're not single. You don't count. You're married. That's it. We got some beautiful single ladies in here, just so you know. So you know, they love the Lord. Anyways, this is not a dating night, guys. Anyways, what I what that taught me that culture, what the world was teaching me was independence. It was teaching me that I don't need anybody. I can do it myself. I can lean on myself. I am strong all in myself. I am fierce. I am ferocious. I am woman, hear me roar. Feminism, modern worldly feminism will teach you that that men are basically garbage and women were better and we can do it better. And the reality is, trust me, I love women. Like women are the bomb.com. I am a woman. And so I am fully anti anti-anything-that-bashes-either-sex, and fully pro-women and pro-men. <laughs> I believe we are different. Same, but different. He gets it. He's my husband. <laughs> I had to learn to, to depend on God because depending on myself got me in relationship after relationship after relationship where I continued to give myself away and I continued to change myself to try to appease the person I was with so that I'd be good enough for them. It, um, because I thought that if I married someone, then I would be okay, because I'm an independent woman, so I don't need no man, except to marry them to take care of me. So, I know, it, didn't make, it made a lot of sense at the time. But I thought, okay, I can work and take care of myself. I can provide for me and my kids. I can, um, maybe I'll go to therapy and get comfort and healing for myself. You know, the, the enemy wants you to believe that you can get anything that God has outside of him. You can get everything that God has outside of him. You might see us get weird sometimes, full disclosure, and we might get drunk in the spirit. This is what some people call it. Drunk in the spirit. Basically, you're like laughing a lot, and it's kind of like being drunk, but you could totally control yourself. You're not out of control. It, it's you're as out of control as you choose to be. You're as surrendered as you choose to be. But I've been. There's been many, many times that I was really drunk, like with like booze and drugs and all the things. And that is a counterfeit of the joy and clean experience that I get to have with Holy Spirit now. Just date and sleep with whoever you want. You don't need to have marriage. You don't need to do it God's way. That is so damaging to your spirit, to your soul, and to the other person. But that's what the enemy wants to tell you, that you don't even have to do it God's way. You can get it this way. But I assure you, I've done it the world's way, and now... Thank you, Jesus, we're doing it God's way. And it's vastly different. It's vastly different. I'm telling you, single people, wait. Wait on the Lord and fear him and look at him alone. Because he will bring you your person. I tried to shove so many men into this this box of what I thought. I was like, this has got to be the one. He likes me. And he's cute. He's got to be the one. So I'm going to shove them in. I'm going to claw them. I'm going to kick them. I'm going to polish them. It's like polishing a turd sometimes. <laughs> Not that they were all that way. See, I told you I'd say weird things. I'm sorry, Pastor Rob. But that's like a real saying, so I feel like it's okay. But you can't you can't polish it enough to make it the one that God has for you. you. I couldn't squeeze and mold and change these people. Why? Why? God, I am so sorry that I tried to change these people to meet my needs when their spouse is out there who would love them right where they're at, right who they are. I I I tried to change me to fit their mold when Mike just likes the weird Sarah that you guys see before you. See? We can't... We get really, really nervous um, to feel out of control. We get really, really nervous to feel like we um, have to depend on someone. It's really scary when you have five kids and your bank account is says $42 and you've got a car payment due and you know that if it gets repoed, you can't get to work and your kids can't get to school. That's a really scary moment. In our, Early in our marriage, before we learned what the Bible says about tithing, Mike and I were really broke. Really broke. We pawned everything. It got to a point where I was going to pawn my wedding ring and he was like, no, that's the line. That's the line. And he wouldn't let me pawn it, but I would have. And I considered doing it because we had nothing. Because we had children, we had to feed. But we learned that we couldn't just work hard enough and save enough. And we were doing all those things and we were not getting ahead. We were getting further behind, but we, we learned the biblical principles of tithing. We started tithing and I'm telling you guys, it works. It doesn't make any sense. It is so illogical and unreasonable. Like Asia said, I'm going to give my money away and somehow I'm going to I'm going to prosper like that doesn't even it doesn't make sense to our human capacity. We are so limited in our perspective. We cannot make sense of that. And yet it works, guys. I don't even know how except for that God is faithful and he's true to what he says. How can you walk around a city seven times and blow some horns and the walls fall and you get to take the city? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm thinking, get the cannonballs and machine guns. And God's like, get your horns, guys. Let's do this. Come on, worship team. What? It doesn't make any sense, right? But that's why we can't lean on what we think we know. We have to lean on him. When I was diagnosed with cancer several times, and the doctor said, ooh, let's just start radiation. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's do, just give me, like, just let me process. Don't, we're not starting radiation. Well, the blood work shows that you have cancer, Sarah. Okay. Well, I want you to do a biopsy because I want more proof. Okay, we'll do a biopsy. We'll schedule it for next week or whenever it was. Well, I come to church, and first thing I do is I get my friends who I know have faith for divine healing, and I say, pray for me. And in Culver's, we actually went to Culver's after church, and she prayed for me there. Actually, several people from here were there and prayed for me. And I'm telling you, I God gave me a vision, and and I knew I was healed. I didn't necessarily feel anything, but I had, a, I had like a picture in my mind that I just—it was, okay— it was, um, you know, on The Little Mermaid when Ariel's voice comes out, and she's, ah, and it's like a light, right? And she gets it back, and it's a light. Maybe you don't know. Maybe Okay. All right. You guys get it. Okay. That's what I saw was this light coming into my throat. Well, it was thyroid cancer. I've been told I have thyroid cancer a million times, whatever. I go in to get the biopsy, and it's not cancer, it happens again because they have. They make me come back every six months. I go back again. Blood work shows cancer, and they did an ultrasound. They're like, oh, yeah, that's an atypical lymph node. There's definitely cancer there. It's calcified. It's this and that. I'm like, dude, you know what I'm going to say. Do a biopsy, right? So come to church. Jen, we got to do this. Let's pray for me. Come on. Let's get this done. She prays for me. I know because I know God because I I'm I'm acknowledging him and in his ways and what he's already done for me so I know who he is. I know what he says and what he does and what he's done. And so we pray. I go in to do the biopsy. This time I take my husband cuz I'm like he's he's not a believer Mike and he's kind of mean sometimes. So come in with me. Help me to hold on to my faith cuz I don't want to get scared. And and Mike got to hear it. My doctor who's brilliant and I don't believe he's saved at all. He couldn't find the lymph node to biopsy. (laughs) And he said what he, he found the lymph node, but it was perfectly healthy looking. He's like, I I don't, I don't. He goes, he said, did you have people praying for you again? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Heck yeah, I did. This is the God we serve, guys. I could have gotten afraid and jumped into radiation or I could have said, nope, God, I'm running to you because I don't understand, because I don't understand this, God. Why am I getting diagnosis after diagnosis after diagnosis? Why is this happening? I have five kids. I got too much stuff to do. Like, I'm too busy for this. I can't do this. I'm not doing this. So I run to him and I say, all right, God, What are you gonna do? How are you gonna do this? How are you gonna fix this? And he does, and he fixes it because he's faithful. I did have to have my thyroid removed years ago, 12 years ago, I had to have my thyroid removed and it had cancer in it. And now they think I keep getting cancer in my lymph nodes because I actually am growing a new thyroid like God promised he would do. And my doctor is baffled, but it's growing and they're lowering my my medications because it continues to grow, despite my doctor telling me it's impossible. So he says, what do you think's going on here, Sarah? I said, I think God's giving me a new thyroid. Like, he knows the recipe. He knows how to do it. He's done it a lot. And he says, no, that's not. But... He, he has measured the thyroid tissue that is in my throat that wasn't there because it was fully removed. Now it's there. The thyroid tissue, he measures it every time. He tells me every time I'm in there, he wants to remove it. And every time I tell him, no, no thanks, it's growing. It's going to be fully functional. He's had to lower my medication because why? Why would you lower meds after 12 years? Probably because it's starting to function, right? So every time he measures it, it's bigger, It's more. Now I have tissue on the left and the right side. That's God. It doesn't make any sense. My doctor, who is a brilliant internist, he's the best of the best at Oakleaf. Shout out to doctor at Oakleaf. He is the best of the best. And if anybody needed an internist, I would recommend you go there after you see Jesus. (laughs) And he's brilliant, guys. He's so smart. And he's baffled. And so many people, because he's kind of smug and arrogant, so many people told me to get it. You need to do. You need to go to a new doctor. Go to somebody who's not gonna second guess you and tell you you're crazy and da da da. And God said, No, don't you don't you go. I want you here. You stay here. I'm like, Well, I guess it's because he's brilliant. I don't know, or is it because he's starting to see what prayer does? He's starting to see what our God does, and maybe next time I go in, he's just gonna give his life to the Lord. That'd be cool. Yes. We'll just do that, Mike. That's our plan. <laughs> yeah. Now you can heal all of your patients immediately with Jesus. So we get stuck on things, we get stuck and caught up on things, and we can't trust the Lord. So Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's health, sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's I mean name it. Something that causes us to decide that we know how this is going to go. I call it going round the mountain. I'm just going to say that and not like Mary. Was it Mary that goes round the mountain? Shelby. It's just Shelby. Her name is probably Shelby. Shelby's going around the mountain. So in Deuteronomy, God says, You've gone around this mountain long enough. And so many of us are going around the same mountain. We're going around the same insane path over and over again. We are taking the same road. We're making the same decision out of emotion or out of what we think we know, leaning on our understanding. And we're going down the same path. We're not being elevated. We're not being promoted. We're not going from glory to glory because we're choosing. We come to this wall. We come to this fork in the road and we say, oh, I know how this is going to go if we would just trust God, even though we think we're right. Please, like, even though you think you're right. So, so, so this might look like um, offense. Somebody doesn't answer your call. And you're like, they never answer my call. You know what? I, but I always see them on their phone when I'm with them. But they never answer my call. So they are doing this on purpose and they hate me. And they're the worst. And I'm mad at them. And you know what? I'm not talking to them now for two days. And this is. And then bitterness and unforgiveness. And the offense poisons me. It poisons my, percep- my perception. It poisons my view. It poisons everything. It poisons everything in me. If I would only just, when confronted, my phone call didn't get answered. I could say, you know what? I'm starting to feel that familiar angry pride rising up in me that says, How dare they? Why won't they? I feel so disrespected. I feel so dishonored. I feel so invisible to them. When you start to feel that, it, that's not a sin, that's a temptation. So we have the choice to say, Okay, God. What is your truth, Lord? What do you say is the truth? It's not my truth. The world wants you to have your own truth. Everybody gets their own truth. That's not real. Here's the truth. The truth is the word of God. And the truth is that lean not on your own understanding, Sarah, but trust in the Lord. So I say, okay, you know what, God? I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt because love gives the benefit of the doubt. And I'm just going to assume that they're in the shower or something. or finances we talked about finances it could be relationships it could be dating like i talked about it could be health issues it could be you know i mean name it what is your thing that you get stuck on we all get stuck on something we all get stuck i talked um at our last chip with service i talked about how i get i i was getting stuck on doubt and suspicion i struggled with faith because i was always like oh really like really you saw that miracle Show me, prove it. But I had to surrender that to the Lord. And I chose faith instead of the shield of doubt. And I'm telling you, it has changed everything for me. It's like the blinders have come off. But I'm also telling you that the enemy hasn't just given up that easily. And he still tries to come in with doubt. And when those, those thoughts of doubt and suspicion come in, I have a choice to make. And I'd say, um, Lord, um, nope. And I remember that you gave me faith, and I have your faith, Jesus, and I'm going to trust you. And I'm, I'm, again, benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to choose doubt and suspicion because I'm not going down the road of unbelief. And guess what? I get to move from glory to glory. I get to level up. You can't pass the sixth grade and go to seventh grade until you pass the test. The sixth grade passing test or failing test. This is not a pass-fail. This is not a pass-fail. I don't know what I'm doing. This is not a pass-fail, okay? But the Lord wants you to grow. He wants you to get past those things that you keep getting stuck on, and he wants you to move forward. One of the biggest things that I see is mental health issues, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. These things are so prevalent right now. It was in... All of my children dealt with it. My husband dealt with it. I probably dealt with it at some point. I don't know. I'm just really happy. So happy person. But the mental health issues, and I know it's like we can really, okay, remember you guys love me, and I'm just give me the benefit of the doubt if you don't understand what I'm saying, okay? Because I really love you guys so much. Oftentimes in that place of, of like, cloudiness and sorrow or fear, we feel like a victim and we choose to take on that victim mindset. This is happening to me. If any woman in here has dealt with postpartum depression, I actually did have that. So there it is. I did it. I did have one. I didn't, I didn't try that. I didn't like do anything wrong to get that. It just happened. Right. But how you deal with it matters. And the first step is to choose to not see yourself as a victim and re- choose to trust the word of God when it says that you are more than a conqueror and that you have a, a sound mind. You have the mind of Christ and that you overcome all things by the blood of the lamb. Amen. So when we when we choose to partner with that, then we can say, okay, at some point... This is for suicidal thoughts, because this is really, I'm so sick of this suicide that is plaguing people that I love, and I'm just gonna tell you that I would love to pray for you and with you. But here's something I heard, and it was so brilliant and revelation to me. When you decide that suicide will bring you comfort or it will bring you relief, you have that thought like you'd be better off dead or your family would be better off dead. Those are very real things that happen. Those are very real thoughts that happen. They've happened in my family several times. But, but what we need to do when you have those thoughts and you decide to agree with it, yeah, I would be better off, dead. Yeah, I think the pain would stop. Yeah, I think that um, my family would probably be better off without me because I'm just so s- sad all the time. I have now entered into a legal agreement with that, with suicide. With death. I've entered a legal binding agreement with death and it now has legal access to me. So I may feel like a victim, but I entered into that covenant. And here's the good news the blood of Jesus covers that. So here's what we do we repent, we say, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I am so sorry, God, that I ever attributed comfort with death when I know that your name is the comforter. I'm so sorry, God, that I ever thought I could get peace in death when I know that you're the prince of peace. You repent, you give it to the Lord, and he covers it. And boom, it no longer has legal access to you. It'll still, it'll still creep up, but that, that's the temptation. That's where you have to take that thought captive, tell it what the word of God says, and conquer it, step on it, and level on up. Go to the seventh grade, or whatever grade. <laughs> You'd be surprised at what you don't think you need to repent for that you probably should. Repentance is a lifestyle, it's not an action. And to repent doesn't mean you just say sorry, I totally thought that for a long time. I'll just say sorry, I'm just going to do this really bad thing, and then I'm going to say I'm sorry, and if the rapture happens, I'll be taken. That was true, like literally my thoughts a lot when I did terrible, horrible things. But the reality is that repentance actually means to not only change your, the way you think, but choose to yoke up with the way Jesus sees it, with the way Jesus thinks. It means I'm gonna change my direction completely and I'm gonna partner with you, Jesus, and I'm gonna go where you're going. What do you see? Okay, this is what we're doing. We're going here. We're seeing it this way. There is no comfort in death. There is no comfort in, in cutting. There is no There is no relief in that. It just brings more sorrow. So God, you help me you heal me. That song we sang, Lord, I need you every hour. I need you. You guys, every moment you need him, every moment. Do you know that every breath you have is from the Lord and he has the ability and the authority and the power right now to cut it off, to shut it down. Yeah, that you just felt that's fear of the Lord. That's, Oh my gosh. But because he loves you, he's so patient. He wants to keep giving you breath. He wants to co-labor with you. He wants to live life with you. He wants to to be in relationship with you. He wants you to acknowledge him and experience him more. So, Amy, if I could have you come up to the piano. We're going to figure this out. We all have a decision to make. When that thought, when your weak spot, when that thing comes in, you have to make a decision. Am I going to cave to it? Am I going to cave to the comparison, the competition, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the offense, the um, cute guy that just walked in, the... You didn't just walk in, but you are the cutest guy here. Got you. Um, You know, is it... He's an introvert, so I like to embarrass him. Is it, you know, listen, I have had I have had some terrible neck pain issues. And I first thing I do, get prayer, prayer every time. Every day I wake up with it, Mike, pray for me. Mike, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Like, I believe the word of God. I believe he can heal me and he will heal me. I believe it. There's something, I don't know what it is, but I literally looked at him one day and I don't drink. The Lord told me, do not drink, Sarah. I don't drink. I can't. Like, I've been there, done that. I'm not doing that anymore. And I was like, Mike, maybe I should just drink, like, a glass of wine. Like, just to have my muscles relax just for a minute. And he's like, no. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) But, But we have a decision to make when that temptation comes in. So maybe it is alcohol. Maybe it's addiction. I mean, whatever it may be, maybe it's greed. Maybe it's lust, maybe it's porn. Once you see things, you can't unsee them, it's in your mind. And I'm telling you, the things I have seen, I've chosen to see in my life, those thoughts do flash in my mind sometimes. And I have a choice to make when they do. I can entertain them and follow them, or I can say, I literally, every time I open my eyes, I say, Jesus help, Jesus help. (laughs) Cleanse my mind, God, give me your thoughts. What are you thinking about? Because I exposed myself to those things and and they are going away. Trust me, the Lord is renewing my mind. Thank you, Jesus. But every now and again, a thought comes in and it wants to distract and deter. And I have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Will you cave to the temptation of the enemy or will you take that thought captive? Here's the deal. Either God is who he says he is or he's a liar. And if you choose to not trust him, if I choose to not trust him, it's because I think he's lying. And you might be really offended at me and that is probably because I'm probably talking directly to you. And this was this was for me, guys. I'm telling you this because this is for me. The areas that I couldn't trust the Lord and surrender to him was because I didn't trust him. I thought he was lying in that area. I mean, I didn't put it that way, and once I, once I did, then I was like, no, you're not a liar. I don't think you're a liar. I think that you're really true to your word. I know you are. So I guess I have to trust you. I have to make that choice, even though my flesh is scared. So today we have a hard decision to make. Do you want to continue going around this mountain? Or do you want to choose to be brave enough to trust God, despite your feelings, your experience, your intellect, your logic, or your opinions... No matter how hard it is to do, can you choose to overcome those temptations? You need to take an honest look in the mirror and repent. And sometimes it's really hard. But God sees everything. He knows your heart. He knows your motives. Even if you choose to overlook your heart's motives, he knows them. He knows why you're doing what you're doing. He sees everything. I woke up the other night I was literally dead asleep. Well, I wasn't dead asleep. I was falling asleep. And I I very clearly heard, people of God, the king is raising his standard. I had to quick get up and write it down because holy moly. People of God, the king is raising his standard. The water line is rising. The standard for what's acceptable is rising. That means that what you had grace for yesterday, you will not have grace for today. There is a holiness moving through the body of Christ. And the standard is, it's rising. Holiness is required for what God has coming for us and it's coming very soon. But in order for us to partake in that, Purity is required. Humility is not optional. It's key. Your compromise will not be overlooked and God will love you enough to let you experience pain if it keeps you from touching the stove again. I love you guys. Jesus said to count the cost and last weekend, Ben McCune stood up here and he said, God doesn't want your 10%. He wants 100% and Ben is absolutely right. God doesn't ask for some of us. He doesn't ask for Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. He wants every moment, every breath, every day, all of it, hundred percent. So can you trust him with it? This makes me really nervous, but last night at 3.41 in the morning, the Lord woke me up with a word. And I'm just going to read it to you. And it lines up with the Bible. <laughs> Don't worry, Pastor Bob. He said, People of God, hear the word of the Lord. Though the mountain seems high and the way seems steep, I assure you it is the only way. The mountain was capitalized, by the way. Mountain means Jesus. Okay? So look to the mountain. Set your heart upon the hill and climb. Bring nothing with you, lest the way get to be too much for you. The road must be traveled lightly. All the weight and sin that so easily entangles must be thrown off, and you will run with ease. I am coming on the clouds, and I am coming quickly and swiftly. You must not take your eyes off the mountain, or you will stumble the hour is late the path is so narrow I am coming to meet you here to fulfill all I've promised and to bring you to the place I've prepared for you but you must be ready trim your lamps check your oil are you ready bride are you ready to crest the mountain I had to google what that means it means to get to the top or have you grown weary in your waiting have you become so distracted and self-centered is a mirror all that you look to now Shatter the glass and remember your first love. Repent and turn from your selfish ways. Seek first the kingdom. The hour is near and the end is at hand. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for being here with us and we thank you for correction. We thank you for conviction. Lord, we ask that you search our hearts tonight. You already have been, I know it. I know you've been searching hearts as I've been speaking tonight, God, and you've been revealing things and you've been bringing conviction and we welcome it, God. We will not run and hide from conviction or correction because we know that's the act of a loving father. Because you love us so much, you don't want to leave us in our mess. So thank you, God. Help us, Holy Spirit, to stop looking in the mirror and look to Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us to stop looking to ourselves for our strength, for our gifts, for our, 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 self-centeredness, for what we can do, for how good we can be, for our works, for our, you name it. Holy Spirit, help us to lock eyes with Jesus, to look at him. He is the standard. He is what we aim for. Lord, help us to not stumble over these things that we come up against. Help us to not continue to go around the mountain. We wanna crest the mountain, Jesus. We wanna crest the mountain. We wanna see you. And we know that we must pursue holiness because without it, we won't see the Lord. So help us God, reveal our pride to us so we can lay it down and choose humility. Help us in our humility to repent to you, God, for the things that we need to lay down, whether it's tradition, whether it's unbelief, unforgiveness, maybe it's bad beliefs. Maybe it's a bad teaching we picked up somewhere. God, reveal it to us so we can repent from it. Maybe it's it's that we chose to believe that we could find things in, in anything else that we should only be finding in you. Help us to repent, God, and trust you so that you can make our way straight, so that you can lead us into holiness, so you can lead us into uprightness, God. We want to be holy as you are holy. Thank you, Lord, for calling us into this. Thank you for not leaving well enough alone. Thank you for your presence that changes everything, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing us into the fear of the Lord. Baptize us tonight in the spirit of the fear of the Lord that we would know you and draw near to you, God. Help us, Holy Spirit. Deliver us from evil, God. Help us to stay away from temptation and compromise. Thank you, God, for guiding us and correcting us. We trust you. We choose to trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if I could get the ministry team up here. Guys, I don't want you to leave here with your thing. I don't know what your thing is. Don't leave here with it. Repent. Get prayer. Get healing. I don't know what it is and I don't need to know. These guys do when you ask for prayer though. You know, it'd be probably valuable. Let's get free tonight if the Lord has been convicting you or correcting you on something, come and get prayer. He is so good and he he has designed you to be a person of faith, not of logic. So I encourage you to lay that down. Come get prayer. And yeah, just be, have a good week. And then donate to Pastor Marco. So, all right. Love you guys. Have a wonderful week.